0: volunteer state, it's time to join the nation with Chris Lowe of ESPN.com and Austin Price of Rivals and Presented by Mortgage Investors Group. Breaking news and giving expert analysis. For the next hour, Chris and Austin will take your calls on college athletics around the SEC and the nation. College football, basketball, special guests, recruiting and more. The nation. Hosted on location by Texas Roadhouse. Sponsored by Mortgage Investors Group. Celebrating 30
1: years and the number one lender in the state of Tennessee. Learn more at MIGonline.com. By Texas Roadhouse, your home for legendary food and legendary service. Twelve area East Tennessee restaurants. By Marathon. Want to get a full tank of freedom? Stop by your neighborhood marathon station. Marathon, fueling the American spirit. By Blue Bunny Ice Cream, available in Neyland Stadium and Thompson Bowling Arena. By Tennessee LASIK Associates, proud supporter of the Tennessee Volunteers. See the difference with Tennessee LASIK. And by Coors Light, the world's most refreshing beer. Coors Light, made to chill. Celebrate responsibly. Distributed across the volunteer state by Cherokee Distributing. The nation is also brought to you by...
2: We hope it's been a great Sunday afternoon and evening for you across the great state of Tennessee or wherever you might be listening. This is Chris Lowe and Austin Price coming at you from the Texas Roadhouse in Alcoa on the nation an hour later tonight as the Lady Vols fall 80 to 76 today to Kentucky. Uh, But starting this show, as I said, a little bit bit later than normal. Glad to have you aboard. And we always appreciate you spending part of your Sunday evenings with us uh, in one of my favorite days Every week is this one good to do the nation now. I, I always lose track, AP, how many years we've done this, but uh, this time of year, you get into January, close the book on football season, at least from Tennessee's perspective, you get into the teeth of basketball season, recruiting going to crank up again. A lot going on. You got the NFL playoffs, um, but I think right now, without question, around Big Orange Country, it's a lot of buzz still out there about Tennessee's stirring comeback in the Gator Bowl to beat Indiana, a team that really, if you watch that game, and, and they played well enough defensively in the first half to keep them in the game, but offensively is a train wreck, and really, really we're sort of left for dead. They're down 22-9, In a lot of ways a microcosm of this season because I don't think anybody may be outside that locker room After that 0-2 start where you lose two home games to Georgia State and BYU, thought this team could come back and win eight football games, and yet they did. And that football game, very much like this season in two halves, Tennessee kept hanging around. They kept fighting. They didn't turn on each other. And when they had to have plays from a lot of different people, they got plays to pull it out 23-22 over Indiana to finish with eight wins and win the Gator Bowl.
3: Yeah, I mean, when you look at the, the the scope of the game, it did kind of, you know, symbolize the entire season. Um, you know, Tennessee really dominated the first half. Um, Indiana never crossed midfield on their own in the first half, Chris. You know, it took a, a, a bad interception by JG to give Indiana the ball on Tennessee's side of the 50. They go down, and they, they had bad clock uh, management there at the end of the half. Tennessee goes in up 6-3, and then – Basically, you know, the third quarter was you know, it was all Indiana, and then right. Tennessee just found a way late. I remember looking at uh, Jesse Simonton with about seven minutes to go, and I said, "You ready for my seven minutes to go?" Quick, the hot take was seven minutes to go, and he goes, "Sure." I said, "The first game that you and I worked together for Volquest was the Georgia Tech game. Tennessee trailed by two touchdowns, and the fourth quarter came back to win." Um, I, I said, I, "I said I got Tennessee coming back to win this game," and. When they went down and scored, and then they got the onside kick, there was even after they scored to go up 23-22, there was a lot of twists and turns. You know, McCullough gives up the big pass play. Then Tennessee makes a couple of nice defensive plays, misses a field goal, and I thought that the, the officials did you know the kicker for Indiana a huge disservice because he stood out there in his stance. It was like a a golfer standing over a three footer to win the Masters for like 20 seconds. I mean, it was like 15 seconds because they manually ran off. 15 seconds off the clock, instead of just taking it from 2.32 to 2.17, they clicked it down, and he was standing out there in his, in his you know, in his kicking position the entire time. So then he, you know, hooks it wide right because he's a left footer, and still many turns to go. Tennessee had that weird penalty that, that you know, really kind of gave Indiana a shot to get the ball back. But Tennessee's defense was really good from start to finish. They had a couple of lapses there when, you know, they kind of left the tight end uncovered and, 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 you know, honestly just had, you know, had a, had a couple of mishaps. But on the whole, the defense did a really nice job. I thought it was a good game plan by Derek Hamsley and Jeremy Pruitt. And the offense did just enough. And you're right, it was a microcosm of the whole season. and Somehow Tennessee found a way to win late. Yeah, the defense, I, again, you
2: know, kept them in the game during the first half. And Tennessee's red zone offense was terrible. You know, they just... They couldn't execute. But Garantana, you saw him sort of revert back to a little bit of the early season him, late on some throws, you know, hesit- hesitated on the some The three throws. red zone trips, they come away with six points. Yeah. And, and, and usually when that happens, it almost always comes back to bite you. But, again, that, that's why you, they were able to sort of lean on their defense to keep them in the football game. And then in the second half, there were several guys that made big plays. And, you know, if, if you're looking at it from the Tennessee perspective, a lot of those guys that made plays for them were all freshmen. Were, were younger guys who are going to be back.
3: Yeah, I mean, we talked about this in our post-game podcast at AllQuest. You know, for all the talk about the core group of seniors, and, and they were the, the biggest reason why Tennessee found its footing down the stretch. In the last game of the year was actually a core group of freshmen that made plays. Ramel Keaton with some big catches early. Obviously, Eric Gray had had the two, had the one touchdown late and the onside kick and a couple other nice runs. But Jalen McCullough made some plays. You know, Tennessee. You know, didn't get great play other of freshman offensive tackles. But you know, Quavaris Crouch obviously contributed a touchdown on at running back. Uh, Roman Harrison got involved with a with a sack. Uh, who's a freshman? So Tennessee's young group of uh, 2019 signees really kind of. I think use could potentially use their success in Jacksonville as the springboard into spring practice and that 2020 season. The nation is presented across the state of Tennessee each week by our friends at Mortgage Investors
2: Group celebrating their 30th anniversary serving Tennesseans. Don't let your lender lose your loan in outer space. Keep your mortgage on the ground with MIG. It's not rocket science. MIG celebrating Being in business for 30 years this year, they're the number one lender in the state of Tennessee, the number one USDA Tennessee lender, and the number one THDA lender. Let them put that experience to work for you. As a first-time home buyer, if you're applying for your first home loan, that can seem like a daunting task, but don't worry. Mortgage Investors Group will be here every step of the way. Let our experts help you get started on the path to home ownership. Mortgage Investors Group committed to helping Tennesseans fulfill their dreams of home ownership. Their mortgage experts will find and they will structure the mortgage that best fits your needs and achieves your goals. Mortgage Investors Group wants to be your home lender. Are you buying a new home? Need to lower your home payments? Maybe just pull out some cash out of the equity in your home? Let Mortgage Investors Group work for you. Go to migonline.com for the nearest office to you. Equal Housing Lender License 109111 that's 10 On the hardwood, I mentioned AP, the Tennessee Lady Vols, losing to Kentucky 80-76. Rick Barnes, Tennessee basketball team, losing its SEC opener at home yesterday to LSU. And I think you saw once again this team, you know, they've they've added a couple new faces, uh, one in particular, point guard. It's a team that's going to really have, without Lamonte Turner, going to have to grow through some of these growing pains. And I think it's going to be a tough stretch for them Until some of these freshmen get going and just sort of grow in, get their feet from under, and they've got to get Jordan Bowden going. Jordan Bowen's got to be, Bowden has got to be able to score the basketball. He does.
3: Uh, You know, just an underwhelming performance from uh, JB yesterday. And he's not been playing really good basketball of late. And, you know, obviously they did add uh, the young kid from uh, Australia slash Uruguay, and that being Santiago Vescovi. Who had a really nice game yesterday? Yeah, uh, but, for his first but time out, For his yeah. first time out, you know, he scores the team high eighteen points. Uh, now he did turn the ball over several times. That's got to get cleaned up. But to me, those are things that can be cleaned up. Right. So you know, if you can find, if he can find his footing, and uh, you know, understand you know, the framework of the offense, understand, you know, you can't be so, uh, you know. Filled with the basketball. I mean, you've you, you really got to be able to turn it over uh, as minimal as possible. And, uh, you know, to me, if if he can clean up those things, th- this is a basketball team that can still win some games down the stretch. You know, are they an NCAA tournament team? To me, it's way too early to say that they're going to go on some run. But to me, to get, go on that run, you just hit the nail on the head. Jordan Bowden has to give you more than what he gave you yesterday. And, you know, to me, that's got to, you know, be kind of, amplified by, you know, maybe double, you know, triple, you know, as far as production. I don't mean necessarily just points, but, you know, what he's doing outside the basketball. He had, I think, six assists in the first half yesterday. To me, he's got to be able to score it some, too. Got to find some footing. Tennessee at nine threes in the first half yesterday, yet they trailed. You know, I mean, it, obviously, you know, their lack of a presence inside outside of John Fulkerson is something that, you know, is going to hurt them all year. But they've got to be able to mask it in other ways. The Camwa kid's got to continue to come on. He's got to play better than he did yesterday. Pons has given him a lot more than I thought he would give him, and, and cr- credit to that kid because he's really found his footing uh, amongst this basketball team after kind of having an underwhelming year last year um, when he was probably just – the, the stage was probably just too bright for him a year ago, even though he had big-time players around him and Jordan Bone and and you know Grant and Admiral and, and Kyle – the, the spotlight was still probably just a fraction too bright for him this year. He seems like he's just more stable, you know, on the offensive end, defensively. Um, you know, this is a basketball team that I think can still turn the corner, but they've got to clean up some things and they've got to get twenty three going.
2: Yeah, and, and when you look at Bowden, and it's you know, it's a different role for him this
3: year. Let's be honest; he, he's the prim- well, he went he's, from he's the primary scorer. He went from playing Alfred to playing robin and now he's trying it's, you know a lot of people are putting him in that batman role and that's hard i mean he went from playing a supporting char- character to kind of that number two guy and now with lamonte out everybody just looks at him i'm just not sure that that's him just let him kind of be who he is somebody else is going to have to step up but uh, don't put so much pressure on jb i mean I, you know not every kid's made to be batman you know some kids are just better and and you know, that supporting role, I think that may be Jordan Bowden, who's still a really good player, still has got a high upside to play at the next level, you know, whether it be in Europe or, or, or who knows. Um, you know, just I, I think the, if he can just kind of not feel the pressure, I think he's feeling a lot of pressure with Lamonte out sure to is. step up, kind of make up for the lost points and lost production that Lamonte, you he, know, he just doesn't have,
2: He doesn't have to feel the pressure to score. And you're right, to score 20 points every night. They do need him to, to make open shots, to create things, to get to the free throw line, and to score points. I just don't think this team, without, without him being a consistent scorer, you know, last year if he had, or even if he and Lamonte both had poor shooting nights, they were good enough around him yeah. to make up for that. I don't think this team is now. They're just going to need him to, again, I think whether it's getting to the free throw line, whether it's creating his own shot, finding ways off that elbow to score the basketball, they're going to they're need some points from him. Tough stretch now away from home for this basketball team coming up. They play Missouri on the road Tuesday, uh, and they come back home and play South Carolina on Saturday. Then they go on the road for two straight games at Georgia and at Vanderbilt. So through the next four on the, on road. the road.
3: But all those games are rentable, and and, and, that's, and that goes back to what Rob has been saying. But George, i tell you, Georgia with a nice win yesterday on the road at Memphis. Yeah, I mean, there's been, you know, listen, ETSU beat this LSU team. and Of course, LSU beat Tennessee. LSU's still a good basketball team. They got a lot of talent. I think it just speaks to what LSU or ETSU's been getting done. Furman beat ETSU yesterday, you know, and and it just again, basketball can change on a dime. Tennessee's been mired in this funk a little bit. Maybe the Voskovi kid is the breath of fresh air once he kind of gets his bearings about him. I mean, to me, that's asking a lot for for him coming. He basically rolled off a plane, yeah. got eligible. And went out there and led your team in scoring. Yeah. Didn't he even rebounding too? I too? Mean, you assessed that kid in late February and early March, not right now. Yeah, I mean, my point, though, is, is like,
2: the fact he's able to give you anything is a good sign going forward. Right. And I think it's, you're much more concerned heart- about what he's doing. And really this whole team, you'd much rather have this kind of funk and these kind of
3: growing pains now as opposed to hit a wall in late February, early March. The hard part of this, and we're up against a break, uh, but the hard part of this is Tennessee's got these group of winnable games here, and you're trying to find your footing. When he finds his footing, the games are going to be tougher. I mean, you're going to play, you know, Florida and Kentucky and and, and some really good uh, league games down the stretch. Maybe he's found his footing by then, but, again, the competition's going to be tougher. You'd like to pick off some of these games right now where they're very winnable against teams that are – More mirror images of you. All right, we're going to go back to football in these next couple segments.
2: We hope to catch up with the head football coach of Tennessee, Jeremy Pruitt, in one of these next two segments. So hang in there with us. You're listening to The Nation. We're at the Texas Roadhouse in Alcoa.
3: This
2: Texas Roadhouse is your home for legendary food and legendary service, 12-area East Tennessee restaurants. Do you hate to wait? Download the Texas Roadhouse mobile app and get your name added to the wait list before you arrive or order to go. Bring in the whole family to enjoy kids' night at Texas Roadhouse. Visit texasroadhouse.com to find out the details about your favorite location. Texas Roadhouse is your home for hand-cut steaks, fall-off-the-bone ribs, made-from-scratch sides and dressings, fresh-baked bread, ice-cold beer, and legendary margaritas.
4: Down the field, rocky
5: top, running through the tee. The Big Orange is steeped in tradition. Charlie, Ken, and now me, Kevin Frazier. Frazier's Carpet One is also steeped in tradition. Since 1953, Frazier's has been the name to trust in carpet, hardwood, luxury vinyl tile, and anything for your floors. Call us at 546-4850. We'll come to you, we'll make it easy. Everything for the floor from the tradition you trust more, Frazier's. Fraser.
4: When Chrissy Ray and Chud Tunkin founded Mortgage Investors Group in 1989, the idea was simple. Help people realize the American dream. 29 years and 115,000 clients later, Mortgage Investors Group is the number one lender in Tennessee. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to do your mortgage, but it does take a promise. At MIG, it is their joy to keep promises. Go to MIGonline.com and let them get started on your American dream today. MIG is an equal housing lender. Mortgage License 109111.
5: There's something out there for you and me And
4: the American road is calling So what's it gonna be? Hey, it's an amazing day Traveling our own
5: highway No matter where it leads us We
3: can smile Cause it's leaning in the mind. Marathon, fueling the American spirit
1: Cheering on the basketball balls, you can generate a mighty powerful thirst. Be the all-star of your next hoops watch party by passing out some bottle cold Coors Light to your Big Orange teammates. It's the winning edge to any good time in Tennessee. Two great things that were made great for each other. Rocky Top and Rocky Mountain Cold Coors Light. Great beer, great responsibility. Distributed across Big Orange Country by Cherokee Distributing. we remind you when you crack open a cold Coors Light, remember to celebrate responsibly.
0: And as always, 21 means 21. You're listening to The Nation with Chris Lowe of ESPN.com and Austin Price of VolQuest.com, presented by Mortgage Investors Group.
2: All right, welcome back to the show. Chris Lowe and Austin Price at the Alcoa, Texas Roadhouse, and we want to go to the phone lines and welcome a very special guest, the head football coach of the University of Tennessee, Jeremy Pruitt. Jeremy, you need to come out here, man, and we'll buy you one of those big old ribeye steaks.
5: <laughs> I appreciate it, guys. I'm going to stay home with my boys tonight.
2: I hear you. Listen, man, We, you know, first chance we've had a chance to get you on since the Gator Bowl. As you look back at this season, the way you finished the season as a football team, the way you finished that football game, in a lot of ways, Jeremy, I thought that game was a little bit of a microcosm of your season. What are you most impressed, most proud of? What do you feel best about with this football team as you look at it in its entirety now?
5: Well, the... The guys never quit, so there's lots of things that happened over the last half of the season that didn't go our way, but our guys continued to fight and um, showed good leadership with our seniors and kind of hung in there with the coaching staff, and we just found a way. I think we created some mental toughness, uh, which showed in the last half of the season.
2: You know, the the veterans on this team, and we've talked about this a lot, really – sort of set the tone and, and help this team sort of pick itself up off the deck. But, Jeremy, a lot of younger guys in that game in Jacksonville, guys are going to be back. When you look at the future of this football team, how optimistic, how pleasing is that for you when you look out there on the field and you see guys on both sides of the football that you're going to have for another year or, or more?
5: Yeah, you know, I've really talked a lot about our, our senior claims and the leadership that they've uh, provided this year. But, um You know, you got to have guys that are willing to accept leadership, and I think that our our freshmen and sophomores, junior's done a really nice job of continuing to develop, working hard at practice, and it showed as the season went.
3: Coach, it's Austin. When you look at this team, obviously everybody, as Chris just noted, talks about guys like, you know, Darrell Taylor and Jawan Jennings or or even the young freshmen like the tackles or, or Henry. But how much growth did you see in a couple of guys like Kayvon Bennett and and Sean Schamberger over the course of the year? It seemed like those two players were able to come on enough to give you adequate reps and and some solid play.
5: Well, you know, I think Sean Schamberger is probably one of the the more improved players on our team. You know, he he, he became a much better guy in the slot, covering some of the better players. Uh, I think it just – with the experience of being in the system another year, and Coach Ansley done a really nice job with him, uh, he continued to develop and kind of played within the system. You know, Kevon Bennett's another guy that's playing a new position. The longer he plays it, he's going to continue to improve. Then uh, hopefully we'll see a big jump out of both of these guys in the, in the next six months. Jeremy, it's, it's Chris again.
2: You know, as you look at – where you go from here, and, of course, you know, I know exactly where you want this football team to be, where the Tennessee fan base wants it to be. What is most important, most critical? Obviously, you need to go out and you got to beat teams on the recruiting trail. you got to beat on the football field. But as you look at these next few steps for the program, what are you most zeroed in going forward here, the offseason, recruiting, as you get ready for next season?
5: You know, I think it's pretty interesting when it comes to bowl games. If you look at teams that are excited to be at a bowl, they usually have success. I think starting this offseason, there's two type of teams. There's one team that's gonna or one type of team that's gonna dread the offseason and there's gonna be another type that's looking forward to it. Our guys are going to be a team that's looking forward to it and we've got to continue to work hard every day to develop get stronger, faster, um, have a better understanding of what we're trying to get done and and kind of be a team that's on a mission.
3: Jeremy, when you took over uh, two years ago, I know it was a different kind of responsibility. Now, as you enter what would be, you know, your third January as head coach, do, do you feel more at ease knowing, you know, you've got to balance recruiting slash, you know, hiring a coach with David Johnson leaving? And then, of course, you've got another little one doing the month of January. So it seems like you've got a lot on your plate. Do you, are you more, I guess, more at ease balancing all that now than maybe you were two, three years ago?
5: No, absolutely not. You know, you got to you got to have an edge all the time. And, you know, if, if you're not working every day to be the best that you can possibly be, somebody else is. So that's kind of the approach that I take. I think that's the approach the staff takes and that's the approach our team needs to take hey jeremy I sorry we lost you there for a minute man you still there yeah I'm here
2: oh sorry about that we lost you you were just you were talking about having an edge and you need to have that edge every day so go ahead with that thought if you right. want to
5: yeah no it's, if, if you don't have an edge and, and work hard to be at your best uh, every single day whether it's being a coach how to improve as a coach how to improve as an recruiter uh, improve as you know your relationships with your players uh, you know, you're probably going backwards. So we got to continue to work hard to do that and develop our pro- the players in that program.
3: Obviously, the news yesterday of David Johnson leaving uh, to go to Florida State, getting back closer to, to his home near Louisiana. I, I guess, how will you attack that? I mean, obviously, you've, you've had to replace coaches before, and, uh, but I mean, what will you be looking for in a, in a new running backs coach? Well,
5: we're, we'll be looking for a guy that, number one, is a good person, um, that the players come first, that he wants to help them grow and develop as student-athletes on and off the field. guy that's a good recruiter, good staff guy, um, that that can coach his position, bring something in special teams, and wants to be at the University of Tennessee.
2: Jeremy, I know we talked earlier, and I've had a chance to, to get to know this young man well over the last two years. Trey Smith's got a decision to make, and, I think everybody that knows anything about him and knows his story is just so happy that he's been able to get back to play football and be healthy. As he makes his decision going forward, and I know you've been on point over and over again saying his long-term health is what's most important to you. What, as you try to help him and you talk to him and his family going over the next few days when he sits down and tries to decide whether he's going to go pro or come back to Tennessee, what are some in your mind are the most important factors for him?
5: Well, the first thing to me is just being thankful for the opportunity that he had. This time last year, we were very concerned that he might not get to play again. Um, Trey's done everything that he's needed to do to to continue to develop as a player. And, and and good Lord willing, he'll continue to develop and just continue to improve, you know, and get better. So uh, he, he's, he's blessed either way. You know, and it'll totally be up to him and his family, and 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 we'll be there to support in any way that we can.
3: You you talk about how important this off season is for the football team. Um, you know, having you know the the same strength coach and Coach Fitzgerald for three straight years. Tennessee's not had that since Johnny Long was here when 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 Coach Palmer was the head coach <laughs> over twelve years ago. So. To have him in the program for a third consecutive year, how big is that? Can, you, can, can it be stated enough, just the continuity at that, at that particular spot?
5: Well, I think Craig and his staff do a fantastic job. You know, the first year that we were here, it was really trying to teach them how to do the lifts that we want them to do to make sure that we had the, the, the right movement so we didn't get anybody hurt in the weight room. This last year we saw a lot more gains, uh, and I think we'll see a lot more this next offseason.
2: Jeremy, it's Chris again. I hope you've been catching up on your sleep, my friend, because here in about 15 days with the little one arriving, uh, you're going to be taking some uh, some of those uh, late-night shifts, right, for Casey?
5: I'll do them all, right, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, better. I know she's not listening.
2: You better do them all. You know, and and we're going to get you out of here on this. As you looked around that stadium, a lot of orange in that stadium, and you could see them watching on TV before the game, I know you feel the passion and the hunger of this fan base, but to see them turn out and to see them sort of hanging with the team this year after such a tough start and see the way the team responded for you now as you go into your third year, I know that's got to be awfully – satisfying, and, and that's it. That's the reason you come to Tennessee and it to see this kind of turnaround and this kind of uh, passion for the fan base.
5: Well, you know, for everybody that's associated with Tennessee, that's probably the expectation. But when you talk about recruiting, if you're sitting there as a recruit and you look and see how our players responded when we were one and four to finish eight and five, how our fan base stayed with us. How could you not want a part of it? How could you not want to be a part of this? Yep.
2: Well, Jeremy, we appreciate your time uh, tonight. And as I said, man, I hope uh, these next couple of days you better be catching up on your sleep, man, because it's uh, you're getting ready to go from. I don't. I don't think you sleep a lot anyway. But you're getting ready to go from about five hours to one and a half hours a night. So uh, you better. You better store that sleep away the next couple nights. <laughs>
5: All right, guys. I
2: appreciate it. Jeremy, thanks, man. We appreciate, appreciate it. Appreciate
5: Coach. Jeremy
2: Pruitt, the head football coach at University of Tennessee, joining us tonight on The Nation. We'll take our second break, and we'll be back here at the Texas Roadhouse in just one minute. Fans for the bit, selection of Big Orange merchandise. Touchdown at Hound Dogs in West Knoxville. Locally owned and operated. Hound Dogs is your one-stop shop for all things Big Orange to find out more text HD radio to 64600 that's HD radio to 64600 when it's time to get geared up for game day just think Hound Dogs
1: This is Dr. Colby Stewart with Tennessee Lasik It's been a privilege to partner with the Vols for over a decade Tennessee Lasik has helped thousands improve their vision including BFL Grates, Rajon Neal and Will Overstreet Are you tired of wearing glasses or contact lenses? Visit TNLASIK.com or call 966-9182 to schedule your free consultation today. Tennessee LASIK wants you to see the vols in 2020.
3: Mortgage Investors Group is the number one residential mortgage lender in the state because they offer superior customer service and their mortgage professionals take pride in finding solutions personalized for you. As your home team lender, the local loan officers at MIG are experts in the market. Whether you're looking to buy a home or refinance, Mortgage Investors Group offers a winning game plan. To get pre-qualified or for information about our locations across Tennessee, visit MIGonline.com. Equal Housing Lender, License 109111.
1: Hey, Tennessee fans, there's a new player in town. Your favorite Blue Bunny ice cream is now available in Neyland Stadium and at Thompson Bowling Arena. It's time to sack your sweet tooth with Blue Bunny. Made in the ice cream capital of the world, Blue Bunny offers more than 500 varieties of ice cream and novelties. Look for your favorite Blue Bunny products at participating retailers across the state or at concession stands inside Neyland Stadium and Thompson Bowling Arena. Sack your sweet tooth with Blue Bunny.
4: This season, get an assist from the coldest player off the bench, Dos Equis Cerveza. There's simply no substitute. Dos Equis has been crafting its famous beer for as long as the Vols have been shooting hoops. We're talking over a century of game day greatness. That's tradition you can taste. Dos Equis, good from the opening tip.
1: Distributed across Big Orange Country by Cherokee Distributing, who remind you to please enjoy Dos
0: Equis responsibly. This is The Nation, presented by Mortgage Investors Group and hosted on location by Texas Roadhouse. Now, back to Crescent Austin
2: all right welcome back into the show this is the nation he's austin price i'm chris lower thanks to jeremy pruitt for checking in with this last segment jeremy talking about the offseason and i thought some of the most telling comments he had was about teams being at bowl games some teams want to be there some don't and off seasons some teams look forward to the offseason some teams are hungry to attack the off season. Some don't. I think he feels like this football team will be hungry, AP, to attack this offseason.
3: Yeah, I agree. I mean, he's got a a young football team that, that, you know, going forward. I mean, there's plenty of experience that's been had uh, amongst this team. I mean, when you look at Henry, uh, you know, Jalen McCullough, these guys were just freshmen. They played a lot of defensive snaps. They don't lose a soul on the defensive front, and they all played a ton of snaps. Right. So, I mean, like, there's experience there, but, you know, on the whole, they're still – it's still a, 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 well, young football team is not the right word. It's, it's a group that, you know, the leadership is going to be different, and so they're going to have to find who their new leaders are. You know, does Henry assume, assert himself into that role as a true sophomore? You know, who, who's that leader on the back end? Is it Bryce Thompson? Who, is, is it, uh, you know, a, a guy like Jalen McCullough as a true sophomore at the safety spot? Alante Taylor, same thing. Um, and then, of course, up front, there's a lot of guys. You, you've got Emmett Gooden coming back. You know, he could potentially end up being a, a guy that's a, a leader up front on defense, uh, along the defensive front. That that's where I look at this team. It, it's not that they're young. That's not the right word. It's that they've got to find a new set of leaders because when you look at you know the leaders at every stage of the defense, it was Daniel Batuli, it was Daryl Taylor, it was Nigel Warrior on offense. It was Trey Smith. You know, it was Jawan Jennings, Mark West Calloway. All those guys are gone. So now they've got to find new people at each position to see who, who now kind of asserts himself as the leader in that role. We'll remind fans that VolWallart.com
2: is the official online photo store of the Vols, and they want to help you deck your walls with the Vols this holiday season. Visit VolWallart.com right now for their Beyond Black Friday sale and enjoy 30% off your merchandise. Simply enter GBO30 at checkout. That's VolWallart.com, your source for exclusive athletics prints, canvases, and posters. You just mentioned Trey Smith. We talked to Jeremy in the the second segment about Trey Smith. Trey's got a decision to make. I visited with him a week or so ago, and he didn't really want to talk a lot about the NFL at that point because he wanted all his focus, and this is the kind of young man he is, to be on the game. But clearly, he's thinking hard about whether or not he should turn pro. I think there's a lot of ways... A lot of factors that go into this. I think you're going to see within the next few days Trey meet with doctors, with uh, Jeremy coaches, and sit down with his dad, his sister Ashley, and and, and try to hash something out here. Listen, if he comes out this year, someone's going to draft him. Now, There will be some teams that just scratch him completely off the draft board because of his medical pass, because of the blood clots. Somebody's going to draft him. Now, are we talking
3: about late second, third, late third, fourth? I don't know. And, and, and it would be a shock to see him drafted in the first round. with the medical questions, right, exactly. the Exactly. Unless just somebody fell in love with it and we're and we're totally comfortable. Because
2: he was dominant
3: the last second half. He of was. The now, with that said, though, even if he comes back and he stays healthy a year from now and dominates again, are the questions still not going to the, be there? They'll and, and still be there, and, and, that, and that, that's that's kind of my thought process on it. Is you know how much can his draft stock, which is what this all this is about, how much can his draft stock really improve with another year here? Because the questions are going to remain. Even if he's went two full years without anything, there's the thought that it could happen. I mean, Russell Okung had, uh, had similar type stuff uh, with, the, with the Chargers this past year, and he was able to, you know, come back from it. But, you know, there's just – it's one of those things that the, the NFL is so leery of medical issues, you know – can it can it happen? Can it can you know can it, can can his draft stock rise enough? Maybe it can. That, those are questions that I can't answer. I don't know if anybody can answer them, but I know Trey, you know, has loved his time here, and whether he's you know put on the the you know the tee for the last time or not, he's going to represent it wherever he goes. He's, a, he's as good a kid as there is, you know. Going back to when covering him in high school, he was he was always uh, wise beyond his years as a sixteen and seventeen year old kid. And you know he's more. You talk to him; it's like talking to a thirty-year-old, and he's twenty-two, twenty-one. And he's smart enough and savvy enough,
2: even his at his young age, that he's going to get and gather as much information as he possibly can from people who count and people who know. And I think that's what you're going to see happen over the next few days. He understands that. The, as a, again, I, we've had these conversations. There's going to be some teams that just automatically scratch him off their draft board. Yep. Um, I think the thing to remember here is when he was pulled off the field last year initially the scan they felt like and, and listen Tennessee's staff and the medical people were doing their due diligence they felt like it was the uh, recurrence of the blood clots now as they continued to look into it and send him to different specialists they felt like no it was more scarring of the tissue from the original blood clots now going forward I think one of the keys with Trey is can he get to a point where he's able to practice more. He, AP, he had, and you know this, he had two full contact yep, practices that's right. all year. All year. Can he get to a point where he's able to practice a little bit more? And see, I think if he can, and let's say he does come back for another year and plays at a whole year at the level practicing even more, then I think that would improve his draft stock. There's always going to be questions whether he comes out now or waits 365 days. That ain't going away. But I do think there's a chance if he comes back that he can improve his draft stock. But Trey, as he sits down with his family and gathers all this information, may just decide, you know what, I'm ready to go take my shot right now.
3: Yeah, I mean, and that's going to be up to him, and nobody's going to fault him one way or the other. If he decides to come back, Tennessee fans will be ecstatic. If he decides to go pro, Tennessee fans will be ecstatic for him, and they'll be sitting there, you know, in late April when the draft rolls around to Las Vegas hoping his name gets called. And he gets to walk across the stage if he's invited and uh, go shake the commissioner's hand. I mean, that's, that, you know, Tennessee fans just love Trey Smith a lot like they love Juwan Jennings. I mean, it's a different kind of love, but I mean, they still, you know, just they cherish, they've cherished the last three years with the big fella. When, when you
2: go out on, re, on the recruiting trail and you're looking to attract kids to your campus, student athletes, guys that can play, guys that you feel like you can win a championship with, guys that will represent university and their families, Trey Smith really is the model. For that person, I mean, he, here's a guy that could have gone anywhere, and he chose to come to Tennessee because he he wanted to stay in state, at his home school, and try to help get Tennessee back to a point to a point where they were relevant again, and, and at least trending, or on a traje- trajectory to win championships. And everything he's done, he's done in a first class manner. And just again, I, I had a chance to get to know him very well over the last couple of years. I know you have too, and uh, he is a credit. To his mom and dad, Dorset and Henry, the state of Tennessee, uh, and the University of Tennessee in every way. And I'm right there with the AP. Whatever he decides to do, um, he's going to be a success. And I think Tennessee fans will always be indebted to the way he represented the team.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, he said afterwards he's not thought about it a whole lot. I'm, You know, I, I don't know if I buy that. I think it's just natural uh, for everybody that goes through that situation to think about it a little bit. But, you know, I, I do think Trey – the other night on the field, it felt like it was it, – it, I won't say saying goodbye, but it felt like he was going to soak up every minute just in case. So he was out there waving the flag. He was hugging everybody he could hug and uh, just kind of enjoying the fact that, you know, a, a team he was a part of. He called it, you know, one of the, you know, the funnest groups he's been a part of. Um, you know, finished this season with six straight wins and seven of eight to finish eight and five with a bowl win in Jacksonville.
2: All right, I'm going to hit you with this before we uh, finish up our la- or, you know, last – before we go into our last break, it's your favorite time this show, the Marathon Question of the Week. With a full tank of freedom, you can find your own highway and discover the true spirit of the American Road Marathon fueling the American spirit. Didn't ask Jeremy this on the air. I talked to him pre earlier today, and we talked about the onside kick. He said that they'd rep that hundreds of times this year yep, but never hit it just right or as well as they hit it in the game the other day. Did, did you know, did you have any idea that, a, that they had that. Did, did you have any feel that maybe that was coming at that point, AP, uh, when
3: it came? And, or did you did you have an
2: inkling that we might see that onside well, kick? Well, Jeremy, you
3: know, attempted several onside kicks a year ago and was never, never <laughs> successful. Right. But, I mean, they were all kind of well-timed a year ago. Right. I'm not surprised. I was not surprised when it happened. I didn't see it coming. Uh, I'm not going to say that because I think that would just be <laughs> lying. But I am not wasn't surprised that they did it, um, you know, and, you know, Hey, I mean, it was just kind of well-timed, well-executed. Kevin uh, Scherer called for it from upstairs because they, they had practiced it all week based off the fact that Indiana gave them a certain look, mm-hmm. and they continued to give him that look. And, uh, you know, credit to a guy like Kevin Scherer, credit to Pruitt for calling it. And, and, they, you know,
2: and they didn't give – the way they lined up, they didn't give it away either. You know, that's you, correct. You couldn't really tell. I went back and looked at it. You couldn't really tell that it was coming in any way, shape, or form. But, no, Jeremy was telling me earlier today when we talked, he said, and yeah, Chris, we repped it in a ton, he said. But I don't think we ever executed as well as we did, even all the times we repped it in the game the other night, which is a good time to hit it just right.
3: Perfect time to hit it just right. The ball bounced just perfectly right up to Eric Gray, and and, he, and Eric, give Eric Gray credit because he had enough patience. Oh, yeah. to I just mean, wait because he touched it just a I don't know a foot earlier. Yeah, I mean, and that's the hard part, and that's what we we talked about this, uh, you know, that night afterwards. I mean, when you're an offensive guy and you're used to catching balls off a jug machine or catching balls out of the backfield, to have the patience when you know, hey, I'm going to get this, you know, credit to him because, I mean, and and you can tell afterwards he he just kept saying, I'm just glad it went 10 yards. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's take our final break here on The Nation. That's Austin
2: Price. I'm Chris Lowe. We're at the Texas Roadhouse in Alcoa. We'll be back for our final segment on The Nation in just one minute. Cherokee Distributing, proud supporter of UT Athletics, wants to remind fans to drink responsibly and please choose a designated driver. And remember that 21 means 21 at Big Orange home games this season. Enjoy the refreshing starting lineup of Rocky Mountain Cold Coors Light, the championship taste of Dos Equis, Smirnoff's Sparkling Seltzer, and Tennessee Brewed Yeehaw at select locations around Thompson Bowling Arena.
4: Right now, you can get 5 cents off every gallon of fuel every day. That's 5 cents off every gallon with Make It Count rewards from Marathon. Plus, you can earn points for additional savings on fuel, airfare, hotels, and more. It's quick and easy to join. Just visit makeitcount.com slash radio or download the free app. So start saving today with Make It Count from Marathon. Offer valid only at participating Marathon locations. Marathon, fueling the American spirit.
5: When it comes to the big orange, you want the score to be ahead at the end of the game. The same is true in flooring. That's why you want to trust Frazier's Carpet One. Whether it's carpet, hardwood, luxury vinyl tile, or more. With Frazier's, the score will always be ahead and in your favor. So give us a call at 546-4850. Everything for the floor from the score you trust more, Frazier's. Fraser.
4: When Chrissy Ray and Chuck Tunkin founded Mortgage Investors Group in 1989, the idea was simple. Help people realize the American dream. 29 years and 115,000 clients later, Mortgage Investors Group is the number one lender in Tennessee. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to do your mortgage, but it does take a promise. At MIG, it is their joy to keep promises. Go to MIGonline.com and let them get started on your American dream today. MIG is an equal housing lender. Mortgage license 109111. Cheering
1: on the basketball vols, you can generate a mighty powerful thirst. Be the all star of your next hoops watch party by passing out some bottle cold Coors Light to your big orange teammates. It's the winning edge to any good time in Tennessee. Two great things that were made great for each other: Rocky Top and Rocky Mountain Cold Coors Light. Great beer, great responsibility. Distributed across Big Orange Country by Cherokee Distributing. We we'll remind you when you crack open a cold Coors Light, remember to celebrate responsibly, and as always, twenty one
0: means twenty one. This is The Nation, presented by Mortgage Investors Group and hosted by Texas Roadhouse. Now, back to Chris and Austin.
2: All right, welcome back into the show, the final segment here tonight on The Nation. We're at a bustling Texas Roadhouse here in Alcoa. Always do great business. Come out and see us. We'd love to see you. Always a great menu. And um, AP, you went with the chicken tonight. You're a big you're a grilled chicken, not barbecued. It's uh, consistent. It's consistent. I think Thomas Lyford might have had the ribeye. He's a big ribeye fan. All of it looks good, though. We certainly appreciate our good friends out here at Texas Roadhouse, and uh, we'll be here at the Alcoa location until I think the end of February. AP, you look around the league, uh, four head coaching changes in football this year in the SEC after none last year. Three of the four, though, are guys that as permanent head coaches never made it to their third year. That's it's pretty quick.
3: Well, it is. I mean – Mississippi State won the egg bowl. And at that point, Mississippi State doubled down with Joe Moorhead. And then Ole Miss hired Lane Kevin. And Mississippi State laid an egg in the Music City Bowl and Moorhead was gone. And, and and it just boils down to in that in that state, they Mississippi State was not going to fall further behind with a guy that they just weren't in love with to begin with. And you know, do well, you like Joe Moorhead? Don't like Joe Moorhead. He's not Lane. There's no charisma there. They didn't want to be stuck in the mud while Lane is barreling down the tracks, so to speak. And, and that's and that's exactly what this is. It's nothing more, nothing less, in my opinion. Well, I mean, it's
2: it's everybody's antsy, everybody's you know, impatient,
3: and, and I'm not saying they should or shouldn't. Ultimately, if the, Ole Miss hires, the proof's going to be in the pudding. Well, if Ole Miss I mean. hires Rich Rodriguez. I am convinced Joe Moorhead's still the coach at, Ole, at Mississippi State. Well, it, because Ole Miss hired Lane, and there's a, there's an excitement there, there's a buzz. Welcome to the social welcome to the social media era. No doubt. I think if you look this up,
2: within it's within a game or so. I, I think Moorhead's record, fourteen and twelve, the wino against your biggest rival the last two years, is about the same as Dan Mullins was his last year at Mississippi State. Pretty close. So, again, I'm not arguing for or against. I'm just pointing out that there are three of the four fired this year. As permanent head coaches, because Matt Luke, remember, was an interim head coach before he was promoted to permanent head coach his last two years. So three of the four fired, didn't even make it to their third year as permanent head football coaches. And these are jobs, Arkansas, Ole Miss, and Mississippi State. You start talking about the SEC, those mid-rung, quote-unquote, mid-rung jobs in the SEC, you
3: talk about tough sledding, man, because if you don't win. Well, and all th- get what are all three, though? What, what What's consistent with all three? Well, they're, they're all three of the West. There you go. And, and, and you're the bottom of the West. And it's just – without any kind of continuity, it's hard to dig yourself out of being in the bottom of the West. And, I mean, like, it, you know, it, it, right, wrong, or indifferent, Kentucky – look at Kentucky. Kentucky's been a, a bottom of the SEC East team for decades. But where have they gotten better? Because they stuck with a coach. They found – Mark Stoops and stuck with him. He's built continuity on his staff. He's built him into a consistent winner. He's built winner. him into a consistent winner because they gave him time. Yeah, and, and they didn't say, up oh, two years next. And that's and that's my point about these
2: teams, the, the quote-unquote mid-run teams over there. You know, Again, what the proof's going to be in the pudding whether it was, it was the right move or not, but that's those are hard, tough jobs. Stoops is a great example because here's a guy, and he hasn't been able to beat Tennessee. And there's always sort of that seemingly for all coaches that that coach or team that they just can't beat you know that's for right. long, long as you know until recently Tennessee couldn't beat Vanderbilt
3: that's right but you look at what he's done there or com- South Carolina co-
2: that's right must or chance- Missouri must- and, and all of a sudden you turn the corner so can and it changes quickly but you look at what Stoops has done there historically what Kentucky's done I think this is right I think only four schools in the league the last three years have won more
3: football games overall than Kentucky that's right and and, and until this year he had never taken a step back; that had always been as good or better than the following than the previous year. This year, because they won ten games last year, they were naturally going to step back. But to get eight wins with Len quarterback with Lynn Bowden running the single wing, I mean, I'll tell you what, that guy's pretty good, though, no doubt. And but I mean, you're, you're, what, but what Eddie Grand and those guys did at Kentucky this year, Eddie Grand did good is thing. super impressive because. Again, everybody in the house every week knew, for the last seven or eight weeks knew what they knew were going to do. Exactly what they right. were going to do, and he still ran for two forty against Virginia Tech just, and just said, ca- "See you, Bud Foster. Enjoy your ca- retirement."
2: Just carve people apart. I, there's a stat. His last, I his last five games or whatever. You know, he ran for over a thousand yards in that span. He ran for more yards. Bowden
3: did. The Jonathan Taylor, Chuba Hubbard, some of the top running backs in all of college football. Draft stocks rising. If he goes and, 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 and tests out at the combine, watch out. I'll say this before we get off the air. I do want to point out, I thought before the game at the TaxSlayer Bowl, when they did the kind of the little ring of whatever they were doing, it was like MVPs or honoring pre- previous whatever. You know, they had Phillip out there and they had Doug. When they ended it with, with Steve Spurrier, the Tennessee fans booed, and he did the Gator Chomp. I thought I was like, never change, never change. <laughs> I mean, nobody plays that role of the villain better than him. He embraces it, oh, he lo- and you can just tell it, it was he like it. it was like when at the end of the Rise of Skywalker, when Palpatine's trying to—I don't want to give away spoilers here. Anyways, it was like he was soaking up every boo into him, and it was like he just—he got more powerful. And you know, the worst, he walked off with a little more giddy up than he had when he walked on. The worst kept secret with Spurred, I've had this conversation with him a hundred
2: times. Is had they not been running the the offense they were running here, he would have been. He's like, Chris, I'd have been a ball. I'd have been a ball. You know, had they been throwing, he wanted to go yeah. somewhere he was going to throw the football and think about maybe how history might have changed or been different. But everybody thinks he hates Tennessee, sort of grew up liking Tennessee. AP, hey, our thanks to you, our thanks to Jeremy Pruitt for joining us in the second segment. We'll see you next Sunday on The Nation. We hope everybody has just a blessed Sunday. So long, everybody.
0: been listening to The Nation with Chris Lowe of ESPN.com and Austin Price of Rivals and VolQuest.com presented by Mortgage Investors Group and hosted by Texas Roadhouse
1: sponsored by Mortgage Investors Group celebrating 30 years and the number one lender in the state of Tennessee. Learn more at MIGonline.com by Texas Roadhouse, your home for legendary food and legendary service. 12 area East Tennessee restaurants by Marathon. Discover how a full tank of Freedom from Marathon will take you wherever you go. Marathon, fueling the American spirit by Tennessee LASIK Associates, proud supporter of the Tennessee Volunteers. See the difference with Tennessee LASIK by Blue Bunny Ice Cream, available in Neyland Stadium and Thompson Bowling Arena. And by Dos Equis, the official beer sponsor of the college football playoff. Keep it interessante and please enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Distributed across the Volunteer State by Cherokee Distributing. The Nation is also brought to you by
0: Join us again next Sunday across the Volunteer State for more news on college sports and the SEC. This is The Nation,
2: signing off.